Thank you for joining us today for this life-changing message from River of Life. If you are ever in our area, we would love for you to join us. For more information, visit us at rol.com. That's rol.com. Or download our app in the App Store under ROL Crawfordville. Now, let's join Youth Pastor Brian Blackwell as he teaches from the Word of God. Good morning, River of Life Church. Good morning. What you just saw on the screen as I made my way up here were quotes from social media posts that my youth, individually, without my guidance, had posted on their Instagram video story. And I take screenshots of them. And I take screenshots of them because they minister to me. They absolutely minister to me, and I often comment on them. But what I do is I take that screenshot, and I want to share it with you. I didn't know if you saw one of them up there, but it talked about uh, God's not asking for perfection, but what he's asking for is obedience. That's a quote from Billy Graham. And I'm here to tell you, as a youth pastor, I consider myself a success right now if one of my young people is quoting stuff from Billy Graham on their social media account. I really do. I really do. But I want to share with you another Instagram post that came to me a couple of months ago, and it has really inspired me to talk about the topic we're going to speak on today. So, Sarah, if you could pull this one up. Always pray to have eyes that see the best in people, a heart that forgives the worst, a mind that forgets the bad, and a soul that never loses faith in God. I mean, that's powerful. I wish I could tell you that as your youth pastor, this is the way that I pray. I do not. But I wish that I did. And today what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about forgiving the worst. The title of my message today is God is better. I had a brother of mine come up. He asked me, he said, man, how's your, how's your sermon going, Pastor Blackie? I said, it's going well. He said, what's the title of it? Can you at least give me that? I said, it's God is better. And he looked real disappointed. And he said, Blackie, you have a master's degree in English, and all you can come up with is God is better. <laughs> I said, that's absolutely right. That's what I came up with because God is better. He is better than anything you'll touch in this world. He is better at loving. He's better at knowing. His timing is better. And what I need to tell you today is that he is better at forgiving your sins than you are at sinning. Let me repeat that. God is better at forgiving your sins than you are at committing your sins. And I'm going to show it to you today through God's word. But before I want to get into God's word... Maybe two months ago, on Wednesday, we had several students come up, and they, they, they showed up in, in pretty, pretty big numbers, and they came from the Wakulla Institute. For those of you that know the Wakulla Institute, it's the first time we had had students that showed up from there. And as I was interacting with them, and as some of my leaders were interacting with them, we started just asking them simple questions, and the question was, tell me something you know about Jesus. Tell me something that you know. What do you know about it? One young man that I talked to, he said, one, I can tell you, Pastor Blackie, what I know about Jesus is we celebrate his birthday on Christmas. Okay, all right. Then I talked to a young man, and I said, tell me something about Jesus that you know. He said, here's what I know. His name can be used as a cuss word. 
It can be used in vain. That's what I know about Jesus. So what a blessing it was to have these kids come from the Wakola Institute because here's what I did. That was a Wednesday that they came. On Thursday, I took my lesson plan and basically shoved them to the far left of my desk where everything is covered in dust, right? That's not true. Kathy takes good care of me. I shoved it to the side, and I said, we're starting over. And I look out here, I see Janice, I see Trace, I see Michelle. They know we started with who is Jesus. We started all over. Kids that have been with me for my 10 years that I, I've been here, four years almost as a youth pastor, we started all over. It's never a bad idea to get back to the basics, and let's just discover who Jesus Christ is. So that's what we did. And during my research and during my preparation, I started coming back to a lot of these cornerstones of our faith, right? John three sixteen, right? Uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer I came back to, which has gathered some momentum here. I know it's been taught recently here on Wednesday, but we're going to look at it again today. And I want to read it. And if you would, if you would, please, as I read it, I would look. Man, we've got a congregation. We've got people sitting in the back in chairs, I mean, the house is full today. Praise God for that. If as we read, yeah, well, let's go. Give me some praise. Thank you. Sarah's going to bless us, and she's going to put the Lord's Prayer up. And I'd like for you to read along with me, if you would. In this manner, therefore, pray. Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. In that translation, you see the word debtors used. Forgive us for our debts as we forgive our debtors. Other translations, as I know you guys know, many of you know, will use trespass. Forgive us our trespass is as we forgive those that trespass against us. Hey, I know many of you know these verses by heart. Personally, I can remember reciting the Lord's Prayer every day in middle school before we began school. And I didn't even go to a Christian school. How far have we come, church? Times have changed. One thing I want to keep in mind about the Lord's Prayer is it is a teaching moment from Christ. It's a hands-on, it's a real-time, it's a real-life teaching moment. His followers asked him, Lord, how shall we pray? And Christ responded accordingly. I think it's interesting to point out that of the things Jesus mentions during the Lord's Prayer... He chooses to stress and highlight forgiveness above all else. If you'll notice, immediately after he closes with amen, he is laser-focused immediately on forgiveness. Sarah, if you pull up Matthew 6.14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, keep in mind, this is right after the Lord's Prayer. This is what follows immediately. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now that is both some good and bad news at the same time. 
Notice Jesus does not emphasize temptation. He does not emphasize or revisit the evil one or heaven or God's will or any other topic mentioned in the Lord's prayer a second time. He doesn't come back to it. No, he touches on forgiveness again to emphasize the point. The point being our Savior is granting his followers of the day and all of us here this morning a life lesson. Here's the life lesson for you. If you behave within my teachings, I will treat you well. But if you behave in a manner I have warned you against, I will not treat you so kindly. As in, I will not forgive you. Those are God's words. They're not mine. That's what it says. This past spring, Michelle and I were blessed to purchase a piece of property near my home in South Choppy. A friend of ours here at church helped us secure the property, and immediately I started to go to work on it. Now, it's a recreational property. It's zoned as agriculture, and what our thoughts are with the property, we go out there, spend some family time, train our bird dogs. We would do some hunting out there. Man, we secured it. It kind of fell in our lap, and hey, I don't have to tell you guys how hard it is to find property in Wakulla County right now, right? It sort of just fell into our lap, and it was so awesome to have it, and I, and I took so much pride in it, and, and immediately I was coming off of duck season into turkey season, so I went out and I bought these things called trail cams. You guys know what these are? So hunters and other property owners will use them, and they'll put them on uh, the trunk of a tree, or they'll put them on a post, and what you do is you try to catch game, what time they came through, what phase the moon was in, what the temperature was, like this whole thing, and when the game walks in front of it, it takes a little photo of it. And I got this one, it's kind of pretty advanced. What it does is after it takes a photo of the deer, let's say, it texts it immediately to my phone. I know what you're thinking, man, it's like cheating out there. Well, maybe a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you what else I found on, uh, about these trail cams, man, these things can be addictive. You'll sit there and look at these things as it sends you 30, 40 pictures, you know, uh, a day. But these trail cams caught all kinds of interesting things on my property. Let me tell you something else about my property. I'm really blessed in that it's bordered on a couple of the sides by the National Forest, right? So I say all that in that, hey, man, nobody's building behind me, right? And I'm also saying because, man, you never know what's going to walk through that property. And just to prove my point, I want to show you a couple of photos. All right, let's go, sir. Okay. That's a big one. That's a big old bobcat. It sure enough is. All right, next one. <laughs> now, thankfully, we don't have too many of these, and I've yet to see a little piglet running around, right? Because you guys know these can, be, these can be bad dudes, but you can see the tusk on that guy. All right, next one. Let me tell you, y'all need to pray for me on this picture right here. This boss Tom of my property, my daughters, I look over there and I see Claire Bear looking at me. We chased this joker for three weeks straight, and he kept putting the slip on us. And you can tell, not only is he right in front of my trail camera, but he's posing, he's showing off his beard. I mean, like, here's what I'll say. You better not come back in March. I'll be ready. Next photo. If they're not in your trash, they're in my property walking around. I'm here to tell you. Isn't that cute with, with the mama with the cubs? That one was actually taken uh, in the middle of June, so that's a really recent one. Um, this next photo I'm going to put up, i got to be quick. You see that? You see that? 
You see that critter? Yeah, I got a name for that critter. That critter is a trespasser. He sure enough is. And if you saw, there was another little critter riding behind him. It made me mad. It made me mad in a very deep way. Because he has no idea what Michelle and I go through in order to purchase something like that. I felt violated. Anybody here, raise your hand. Anybody ever been broken into or had something stolen from you or maybe trespassed? Man, I felt violated. He has no right to be on my property without permission. That is the very definition of trespassing. You are on another person's property without verbal or written permission. So you know what I did? I started calling my buddies. Is this a friend of yours? Casey, do you know this guy? Scooter, have you ever seen this guy? Hey, Mr. Keith Logan, do you know this guy? Nobody knew him. Until one of my friends that I called, he knew him because he went to school with him. Now, we blurred the face out, and we put it up there real quick, because I know you guys out there, but, oh, Dave's got a four-wheeler like that. I bet it was him. I know you. I know you. <laughs> the gentleman does not live here in Wakulla County. But my friend knew him, and I said, thank you so much. I cannot wait to give this guy a call, because I got him. I got him in my crosshairs. This is a layup. He is going to understand that there is a new sheriff in town. And he is to stay off of my property. That's not the first one I caught. But that's not the first one I could identify. Then I was moved by Joseph. Who when he heard that Mary was with child. God's word says that he sought to divorce her in quiet. Because he was a kind man. But Joseph did something that was very powerful. Do you know what he did before he made a bad decision? He slept on it. And when he slept on it, he was visited by God. And he got a word. My wife would tell you, I'm not good at sleeping on things. But I will also tell you, many bad decisions that I've made in my life, I have done so in the spur of the moment, and I have not prayed about it. So I slept on it. I prayed about it. I entered my office over here the following day on a Thursday, I can remember it, and I called the trespasser. He picked up on the first ring, and he said, is this Blackie? <laughs> I said, it is Blackie. How do you know this is Blackie? He says, because you still have your 615 area code for the 12 years that you lived in Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, you got my attention. He said, I knew you'd be calling. And before you get into whatever you have to say to me, I need to ask you one thing and one thing only. Will you please forgive me for trespassing? My response was, absolutely. What else do you want to talk about? And we had a very mild, calm friendly conversation because church know this I want to be a good neighbor I want to represent Christ I wanted to tear him down at first but God used that trail camera and he used that trespasser to make a point to me a point that I get to make today 
in front of what I'm guessing to be 500 strong. God's word is clear. Forgive those that trespass against you, and he is faithful to forgive you. I've been talking to my youth recently a lot about forgiveness. And as we talked about it two Wednesdays ago, one of our leaders in youth came up to me afterwards, and he says, Blackie, I don't have really an issue with forgiving others. I'm quick to forgive. In fact, I think it's one of my skills as a Christian. I forgive others quickly. He said, but I tell you what I struggle with. I struggle with self-forgiveness. I struggle with forgiving myself, Blackie. And I'm here to tell you, of the hundred or whatever kids that are over there, I'd say 75% of them would say the same thing. They do something bad. They do something that is uh, against God's will. Maybe they got a pattern in their life of doing it. They struggle to forgive themselves. So this young man says, Blackie, what does God say about self-forgiveness? I know what he says about forgiveness because you've been pumping scripture at me, Blackie, but what's he say about self-forgiveness? So like any good youth pastor, I earned my money that night, and I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he has to say about self-forgiveness. I know that he forgives me. I know various scripture, but I don't know what he says about self-forgiveness. So I did something much different than I normally do when I prepare and I research Normally, I go to my laptop or my phone or, hey, Siri, what does God's word have to say about self-forgiveness? It's not what I did this time. What I did this time is call the other five lead pastors in this church, and I wanted to know personally from them what their opinion was on God's word and how God uses self-forgiveness or maybe he fights against self-forgiveness. Here's what Pastor Chuck had to say. He said, Blackie, who has higher standards, God or us? God. And if God's standards are higher than ours and he forgives us, shouldn't we fall in line and follow the example of our creator? After all, God created man, not the other way around. It's pretty wise. I talked to Brother Derek. Brother Derek brought up the need to take our eyes off ourselves and put our eyes on God. That's some pretty good advice. He also mentioned how Satan is perfectly happy to have people who think they are too good or too bad to receive God's grace and forgiveness. Just stay right there. Just stay right there. You you might be too good to think you need this, or maybe you think you're too bad. Satan's perfectly happy with that. I thought that was a great point. Then I picked up the phone, and I called Brother Bill. And as you can imagine, Brother Bill had plenty of scripture to give me. (laughs) Including 1 John 1, 9, which reads, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All meaning all, and that's all that all can mean. That's what Bill said, among other things. (laughs) I'll tell you, though, the best thing about calling Brother Bill is you're pretty certain that Sister Linda is likely not far away. And if you know Sister Linda, you know what a weapon of God she is. So here's what Linda Jenkins had to say. She pointed out that Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Self-forgiveness? Your own self? I thought that was brilliant when you said that. I really did. Before I move on, I just have to point out 
that as Bill and Linda and I were saying our goodbyes, Dr. Bill Jenkins, he thanked me for calling him. He told me it was an honor to be used and to share God's word. Thank you, my brother. I'll be in prayer for you. Listen, I don't know if you've got a Bill Jenkins in your life, but if you don't, you need to get one. Pastor Al, he was an absolute wealth of wisdom. And he stressed to me, he said, Blackie, anyone who is struggling with self-forgiveness, they must not completely believe that their sins are washed clean. You see, they need to understand, Blackie, that the way that God sees them and the way they see themselves, they are not the same. It's not our place to doubt God's ability to forgive. Furthermore, Pastor Al reflected on his own personal walk with Christ. He made it personal on the phone. Hear me, church, on this. I want you to hear Brother Al's words. He said, what I find in my personal walk with Christ is, Blackie, when my prayer life is weak, the devil seems to bring up my past failures more and more. When my prayer life is weak, when I'm not in touch with the one who made me, when God and I are not communicating, if I'm not trying to draw near to him, you see, my past and my lack of self-forgiveness comes up more and more. Hmm. Now, Pastor Henry and I have a relationship that on weeks that I speak, he's kind of like the bat phone. I can call him anytime because he knows that as a young pastor and somebody who is learning on the job, he knows that I need his help. And every time I call him, he said, thanks for calling. I enjoy talking about this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. Caught him the other day in Tallahassee. I don't know what he was doing, but I could tell he was busy. But man, he gave me a verse concerning self-forgiveness. And the interesting thing about this verse that Pastor Henry gave me, my hand to my Savior, Pastor Chuck, gave me the same verse. They were not in communication with each other three days earlier. So this undoubtedly is a verse you're supposed to hear today. From the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I do not count myself as to apprehended. Now, not apprehended as in caught, but apprehended as in understood or perceived. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do know. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press forward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I look forward. I do not look back. In summary, what Paul is saying here is, and I'm going to give you a little sop choppy spin on it here, okay? I'm going to tell you what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I don't know much, but what I do know is the past is the past, and the future me shall seek the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. That is what he's saying. And, and, And Paul, who famously labeled himself, this is not Blackie, this is not Henry, this is not Al, labeled himself as the chief of sinners. He knows what he's talking about. Once a murderer and an enemy of Christ, Paul refused to allow his past to dictate God's plan for his life. He didn't struggle with self-forgiveness because he knew it was taken care of. Paul forgave himself because he knew the gift of God's mercy, the precious gift of Jesus Christ. You see, it was real to him. 
and it should be real to us. Paul knew that his sins were as cast as far as the east is from the west, as are yours. Many of you know Journey Camp. We've gone there in the past. We went there again this year. I've been affiliated with Journey Camp going on nine years now. At first, I showed up under Pastor Chuck's leadership. All I did was take my ski boat and my ministry, Victory Wakeboard Ministries, and I went up there and I volunteered for the week to take kids wakeboarding, skiing, to love on them, to tell them about Jesus. Two, three years later, they made me the head of Lake Days. They gave me all of the water responsibilities. I hired my staff. Uh, I, I, I took care of all the boats. I took care of all the equipment. All of that, the scheduling, they made me late day head. Then they started asking me to speak. Then they started asking me to minister more and more. And for the past two years, they have given me speaking responsibilities every week I am there, other than when I brought our River of Life youth with us this first week. And they give me an honor of letting me speak on the main stage on a Wednesday night to minister Four to five hundred kids is what we might have in attendance. Every Monday night for the nine years that I have been there, Pastor Nate Smith speaks. And he gives much of his testimony. And on the first night before he calls for the invitation, he tells about his background. And he tells about his father. Now, Nate and his father were at odds with each other growing up. His dad divorced his mother at a very young age. And a story that he recounts every first night of journey camp is how his father physically abused him. Now, back up just a little bit. Pastor Nate was saved at the age of 18 at a very similar camp in a very similar location And the reason he says he was saved is because the preacher that night spoke about a heavenly father that wouldn't let him down. A heavenly father that loved him. A heavenly father that was jealous for him. That wanted to spend time with him. That was long-suffering. That loved him endlessly enough to send his son to die on the cross for him. And that resonated with Nate. And he was saved at summer camp at the age of 18. And as he tells the story to the kids he gets into a little bit of detail about his father. On Pastor Nate's 13th birthday, he and his father had a disagreement over something very minor, over something very petty. And it ended up with Pastor Nate's dad putting Nate's head through drywall several times and then kicking him down a flight of steps and then transporting him in the back of a pickup truck like a deer that had been shot in the woods back to his mother's house an hour away. That's the story that Nate tells. When I speak, I'm kind of like Paul Harvey. At Journey Camp, I want to tell you the rest of the story. And the rest of the story is this photo that I want you to see right here. This is Pastor Nate on my right. That's his brother David on the left. That is his father in the middle. And this is a photo that I show when I speak. Because Nate doesn't talk about forgiving his dad. He doesn't talk about 
the relationship that they have now. This photo is taken from this past Father's Day. He doesn't speak of these things. It was my job to speak of these things. I want the kids in the audience to know that the man that runs the camp, the man that they hear speaking, the man that they look to as their leader, he is nothing if not a forgiver. Many of you have been hurt by your family. You have been. Nate's been hurt by his dad. But when you know Jesus and you truly serve him, and you run after him, and he dominates your life, you have to forgive. You have to. And it just takes on a new meaning of camp to know that this man tells this gruesome story on Monday, and by the time the bald youth pastor speaks on Wednesday, we're looking at forgiveness. I just find that very powerful. And there's a lot of things that I could tell you about Pastor Nate, but one thing he is is he is a forgiver. When I was speaking, Nate said, do me a favor, Blackie, this year we're looking at legends from the Bible. We want to, we want to basically take something like, let's just say, obedience. We want to find a legend in the Bible that is, that is walked in obedience. Or, or we want to talk about forgiveness. We want to find a, a legend in the Bible, a, a character from the Bible, a real person from the Bible that has walked in forgiveness. And I said, no problem, I'm on it. And the more research that I did, obviously we could talk about you know, the prodigal son and hit on things, but the more research that I did, the more I found myself doing what Derek talked, uh, talked about in taking my eyes off myself and putting it on God. And the legend that I found was Jesus. I couldn't find anybody else that was better than he was at forgiving. The day that he was persecuted, the day that he was hung on the cross, spit on, mocked, crowned with thorns. You know what he was doing? He was in the forgiving business. Those just aren't words of the Lord's prayer there. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those are his words. Hanging on the cross, struggling for air and about to die. A sinner asked for forgiveness. A thief said, Lord, What do I got to do to go with you? Can you forgive me? And you know he can. And you know he did. Listen, that thief was not a missionary. He wasn't a tither. He wasn't an elder. He wasn't a prayer. He was a sinner needing forgiveness in the last moments. And that's what he got. God is better. He's better at forgiving your sins than you are at sinning, church. He simply is. God is better at forgiving. Will you pray with me? (laughs) Lord, you're so amazing. I thank you for the word on forgiveness. I thank you for the ability to, to get back to the basics. Lord, I thank you for teaching us how to pray. I thank you for reiterating how you do in your word things about love and forgiveness that you know we need repetition on. Thank you, Lord, that you are still in the forgiving business. That's just who you are. That's who you are. I thank you for this church. I thank you for this campus. I thank you for the word today.
Be honored, Lord, as we go into a time of invitation here. Just be honored. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the example and the blueprint which is in your word. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to this message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or if you need someone to pray with, please contact us at 850-926-1200 or email us at info at rolcrawfordville.com. We also want to encourage you to visit us this Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. Please visit us online at rolcrawfordville.com for more information and directions.